Okay, Tim, let me introduce everybody to you. I know a lot of our viewers already know you. You filled in for me before. In fact, you get to have a couple of weeks coming up also. Right. Um, where you're going to gonna fill in for me and take over and do some fantastic interviews that you have set up, which is exciting. But we connected over Bible prophecy. Right. And um, uh, you, gosh, it was a few years ago, uh, we ended up getting connected with you about being a 412 church. I had heard of you several years before that. You told me you were, you were actually watching my Bible prophecy right. thing. And this is exciting. So uh, just for all of you viewers out there, you probably have heard of Tim. Uh, Pastor Tim, so he's a 412 church in Murrieta, California, about 45 minutes to an hour away from here. Um, we're a 412 church in San Jacinto, and Pastor Tim was arrested in Sacramento. And this is early on in the COVID shutdowns. Churches were closed. Uh, you went up to Sacramento. Um, our listeners are going to want to know what in the world's going on. Um, and we have a lot more I want to talk about, too. I want to talk about lawlessness. And the fact that people are being let out of prisons and at the same time we're saying defund police departments. But just so everybody can get to know you a little bit more, some of our viewers that may have not seen you yet, you are really the one that led this charge to reopening churches. And then Pastor Jack Hibbs led the thing that we both signed. Um, but you, you never really shut down your church, did you? No, no, I didn't. Um, we, we just held strong as, as did you and uh, you know, other church leaders, we just held strong on, on wanting to, to take what's in God's word and apply it to the church. And, and one of those things, of course, is found in Hebrews chapter 10. And we, we understand this need to assemble. God says, don't forsake that. And, and that word, assembling ourselves together, is episunagoga, which is that together in one place. And so uh, when they told us, well, you can just do the online stuff, and, and don't get me wrong, online stuff is great. We already do online stuff. We were doing that, you know, just like you. Um, we, we felt that we needed to strictly adhere to God's word. He says, don't forsake it, that assembling ourselves together in one place, because there's so much that takes place when we're face-to-face -face together. You know, if you have people in your congregation, you know they're struggling with drugs. You know they're struggling with alcohol. Um, they're out on their own, and let's face it, alcohol sales are through the roof right now. They're at home, and they, you know, we put out a message, oh yeah, we're checking in, we're online. When they show up at church and you see them, you're like, hey, I can, I can see what's going on. You know, there's that accountability, and you know, we, we do baptisms, we do communion. There's so many things we need to come together in one place for. So we just held to that. We say, hey, listen, we'll, we'll try to work with the government a little bit. You know, they, they want to they keep everyone safe. I, I have different opinions on why this took place in the first place, but um, we wanted to work with them. And um, we said, well, well, we'll just show up in a drive-through style. We'll, we'll show up and if uh, drive, at the time, drive-in theaters in our area were still open, like, hey, if drive-in theater can be open, we can be open, and we, we just started doing that, and yeah. of course, there was some pushback on that. There was. So you did the first drive-in church in Riverside County, California. Before you did it, uh, the Riverside County Health Director, because we're both in the same county, right. said, no, you cannot do a drive-in church. You challenged the Riverside County Health Department, didn't you? We did. We got uh, Advocates for Faith and Freedom. Uh, so that's Bob Tyler and uh, Netta Higuera. We were the working those, uh, those attorneys there, and they're just a great, you know, religious liberties law firm, and uh, they've, they've represented countless churches. And we, we called them and said, hey, listen, you know, your, your office is in Marietta. We're in Marietta. Um, 
this is what's going on, and, and I'm not good with this. Are you guys good with this? They're like, well, no way we're not good with this. So wrote a legal demand letter to the city, the county, and the state and told them, listen, this is, it's unconstitutional, and you are discriminating against churches, allowing a drive-in theater to be open and not churches. So what did they do? Uh, the very next day, instead of responding to our letter, they simply put out a new notice and part of the notice was specifically no drive-in style services, and they shut the drive-in movie theater down, just so that way they wouldn't get yeah. slapped with a, a, yeah. a discrimination case. Yeah. Right. But then you were able to open up your church, you were able to go forward, you ended up opening your church to people sitting inside back in May 1st, right. you did drive-in church, then you did that. But you went up to Sacramento early on, and, uh, and you were arrested in Sacramento. Right. Uh, so why did you go up to Sacramento? That's where Governor Newsom yeah. is for people outside of California. Yeah, well, you know, obviously that's, that's our state capital. Um, that is the, the place where legislation is made. And uh, I've been up there. I'm no stranger to Sacramento. I go up there quite frequently, specifically with, um, with regards to what's taught to children in schools, uh, specifically sex ed stuff. Mm -hmm. um, so I've been up there and, and know a lot of people up there. And I... I got a call from this group called the Freedom Angels. And it's just, basically the Freedom Angels are just a group of moms that um, are just incredible at getting people activated. And they stand for, for liberty. And they called me up, they said, you know, we really, we want to pass, we have an event, it's in protest to the shutdown orders here in California. And we think the churches should be open and we need a pastor to come out and speak at our event. And we don't know how many people are going to show up, but we're guessing in the thousands. And, and uh, I, had, I prayed about it and, and called them back. And I said, okay, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'm going to go up with you. And for some reason, you know, we've done a lot. Like I said, I'm no stranger to Sacramento. Um, going up there, my wife and I thought, you know, I could get arrested going here. I mean, this is a pretty big deal, standing up against mm -hmm. Gavin Newsom. And, and I'll tell you, the, in the spiritual realm, I mean, we could sense it. We were going up against some major demons. We could just feel it, mm -hmm. that this is just such a spiritual battle. And, um, but it, it's a battle that needs to be fought. And so I flew up there, and there was about 8,000 people that showed up to this. And it was an incredibly joyous occasion. So I saw you preaching. Mm -hmm. I think you're standing in a boat. Somebody right. had, a, had pulled a boat on, a t on the trailer on the back of a pickup truck. You're in front of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a great message. You know, oh, I, I heard you. it. And, um, and then shortly after that, you were arrested. And uh, it was, then that made national news. So, but th there's a problem when you got arrested because they couldn't really charge you. I mean, what would they charge you with? It was something really... <laughs> Yeah. Pretty lame. Yeah, it was um, creating a public health hazard because I failed to maintain six feet of distance between me and other people, which was kind of funny because I was standing there and then the police officers encroached on me. And yeah. so you could argue that they failed to keep six, dis six feet distance from me. But, um, you know, I was there exercising my First Amendment rights and the, the police officers, California Highway Patrol that was there, they were incredible. They were just so easy to deal with all day long. Um, I, I really feel bad for them because it was Gavin Newsom that gave this order. And what he wanted to do was shift the narrative. You know, we're there in protest of Gavin Newsom, not of the police department. And he just wanted to shift that narrative. Okay, this whole group came and they're, they're at odds with the police, yeah. which was not the case. Yeah. Well, I find it interesting. I, I read uh, with California, um, the, the people who have been running the state of California for almost a century now, 
you look at certain families, the Pelosi family, Newsom family, the Brown family, and I think even the uh, J. Paul Getty family was involved in that. And you realize some of the different things that they've been involved in. And this thing has been controlled by four families, the state of California, for almost 100 years. Right. And then you look at the dynamics of the state now, and it starts to make sense why certain things are here. It's also a very powerful state. And I will say this, too. With some of the restrictions that have come up because of the COVID-19, some states are even worse. You know, look at some of the things they're doing for their shut, shutdowns. I'm thinking, man, this is just unbelievable things that are out there. I believe we're in a spiritual battle. Mm -hmm. um, I'm very opinionated on the political side of this. You probably even more so. Um, but uh, if we have enough time, we're going to get into all of those things too. So uh, with that, people are starting to get to know you a little bit better over the last few minutes. Um, I want to go here. Uh, now we fast forward. It seems like people have almost forgotten COVID. You know, almost. did you hear the joke about the cure for COVID? No. Oh, it's a riot. <laughs> okay, well, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, <laughs> Nobody's talking so, about COVID anymore. No, they aren't. Yeah. Uh, and so you look at it. Okay. Now we're also talking, we hear about peaceful protests. Now I know there's some people that are protesting that have peaceful intentions. But it appears to me this thing has been hijacked by two groups, or probably even more than that, but it's coordinated too. It's obvious all of these different protests that have so many of them turned into riots are coordinated. If you say anything against them, uh, if you talk about people looting, you talk about people spray painting on a building, you're labeled a racist. I know because that's been happening to me a lot over the last week when I just point out some facts. I know similar things have happened to you too. So when I look at things that are happening right now, Tim, this is my mind. Um, I believe that America has entered into uh, a place where we are being judged by God. Um, now, granted, I, I will say this. I cannot read God's mind, so I want to make sure everybody watching understands. I'm not claiming to read God's mind, but I can read God's word. And because of that, I look at this, and I'll, I want you to comment. You can disagree with me on this if you want. That's fine. But the Bible tells us in Romans chapter 1, this is it, God's wrath on unrighteousness. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth in unrighteousness. That is happening right now. Because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. For since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, were, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and in their foolish hearts and darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools. I would say that's one thing that we're watching right now. The people who profess to be the smartest people in the world, God is showing them to be fools, which he says here. Professing to be wise, they became fools and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image like corruptible man. Therefore, God also gave them unto, over to uncleanness in the lusts of their hearts and dishonor in their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather, rather than the creator who is blessed forever. So Romans chapter 1 warns, God's turning them over, 
two people who worship uh, Mother Nature. They worship the environment. Laws are made that trump the laws of God. And that's what men have done. That's what God is saying here. Um, for this reason, God gave them up to vile passions. That's a judgment. Right. When God gives them up to vile passions. For even their women exchanged the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of a woman burned with lust, uh, burned in their lust for one another, men with men, uh, committing what was shameful and receiving in themselves the penalty of error which was due. Even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to debased mind to do those things which are not fitting. And being filled with all, unrighteous, all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness, they are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boast, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient, un undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful, who knowing the righteous judgment of God, that those who practice such things are deserving of death, not only do the same, but also approve of those who practice them. So I look at this, and, and I'm looking at where we are right now. God says, I'm going to give them over when they worship the creation rather than God, when they have lust for one another with that which is unnatural, men with men, women with women. I'm giving them over to a debased mind. So when a, a country, a nation, a people are turned over to that debased mind, the people can think, wow, this is wonderful, but really, it's judgment. And the people don't even realize it. Professing to wise, be wise, they became fools. And then God says, and those who approve of them are also turned over to this judgment. And it appears to me that's where we have, have arrived now. What are, where, what are your thoughts about what I'm saying? Yeah, no, I, I agree 100% with what you're saying. And, you know, you look at where we are right now, how we've gotten here, and it's really easy for us, you know, as Americans to... to look at the situation and go, okay, well, it's the government that's out to get us, or it's, you know, Gavin Newsom is the problem. And I'll, I'll as a Christian, obviously, I disagree with Gavin Newsom and the things that he's doing. And, and in many ways, I find it difficult sometimes to pray for him, like we're supposed to be praying for our enemies. Um, but definitely, as I, I look at what he's doing, I, I see that God is allowing this. Nothing can happen to us as children of God unless God allows it. And so he's allowing it. And you can see that this is definitely God allowing it to, to shake the church. Uh, and nothing shakes the church like judgment, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, when God allows these things, it, it really wakes us up and, and we start seeing what's going on. And, and I think for, for me, as I look around the state, I look around a nation, and I'm, I'm wondering when some of the pastors are going to start to see that. Because in many ways, we are where we're at right now because the pastors have been disengaged in the things that are going on. Um, I, you know, my friend and your friend, Rob, um, Rob McCoy, mm -hmm. he was talking about how we are supposed to be engaged in the things that are going on politically. You know, we're supposed to lead our congregations in praying for the men and women in leadership. And he was saying that he talked to a whole group of pastors and he said, who is it that's on your city council? Who is it that's on your school board? Who is it that's your county supervisors that you're praying for? And what are you praying for them? What, what are their names? What are your specific prayer requests for them? He said, you could have heard a pin drop. Not one of them knew a prayer request for any of their elected officials. And here we are saying, oh, Gavin Newsom's out to get me. Mm -hmm. It's really easy to do that. But in, in, in we look at this 
in the light of God's word, when God says that we're supposed to be praying for these officials, and we're not leading people to pray, yeah. you know? So that's, that's a sad thing. It, it is. I want to get to the pastor thing in just a minute. Okay. We're both pastors. Yeah. Well, we're going to pick on some pastors. All right, enough. let's do it. <laughs> um, but I want to get there in a minute. But we'll what, pick on ourselves, too. We'll pick on, yes, we will. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yes, we will. Um, so when I, I look at Romans chapter 1, it appears to me we've been given over to judgment. Again, I can't read the mind of God, but I can read the Bible. Uh, we're, it, we are being judged, it appears to me, by the, the people that we have elected. We want these people in power. Therefore, the very people we wanted in power, God is using to judge us. Um, I would say the same thing with the idols we worship. We worship Hollywood stars, entertainment, everything. Our money just pours into those things. Guess what? Their voices are driving a lot of the things that are happening to us. And I find it ironic when you look at Egypt, when uh, Egypt was judged, they worship frogs. God says, you worship frogs, I'm going to give you more frogs. I will judge you by the frogs. It appears to me that is what is, that is, what is taking place. But I believe it is because uh, believers have not been involved and um, I do think that it is alarming when I look at it from a church perspective, from a pastoral perspective, myself included, that um, the church became too business-like. Mm -hmm. um, how many people you can get into your building, uh, just all the, the looks, the sounds, just all these things, but forgetting, all, of course you still have the Bible there, but then it came to the point with churches also where churches started getting away from the Bible. And what's right. strange, Tim, you can really see it with so many churches were not vocal and haven't been vocal at all in the political realm, but also when you look at, I mean, I've talked about this many times in the last three weeks, uh, but uh, regarding abortion. Um, wouldn't raise a word about abortion or read a passage like Romans chapter 1 and say, look, the, uh, uh, the person who's gay can be forgiven, but it's still sin. You know, this is what the Bible actually says. So pastors will avoid talking about sin and, and, and not talk about abortion or get involved and say, look, we've aborted over 17 million babies just since January this year worldwide. 17 million. You look at that number, you go, wow. But yet pastors are really up in arms over you meeting during a coronavirus thing which now the facts are coming out the numbers aren't as extreme as we were being told and now if you don't i mean i'm getting a lot of pressure you probably are too about getting involved in these protests and i'm like look, I, I, i'm not interested in I, I need to be about the gospel of the lord jesus christ right that is what god saves people of every nation tribe and tongue and our home is heaven it is in heaven and i look and go okay this is what i'm supposed to be about I'll probably get flack for even saying that, but sure. you're getting it too. Sure, um, yeah. So how do you deal with that? Well, I, I, I try to just look at what was going on in the time of Jesus, and then what is going on now, and you look at when Jesus was walking the earth, there was a message coming from his cousin, and the message was, repent, because the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and when he got arrested, Jesus stepped in to the same region and said, okay, I'm going to continue on with that same line of thinking, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. 
and we, we look at what was going on there. You had, you had the temple where God was supposed to be worshipped, it was supposed to be a house of prayer, and yet it had been turned into a den of thieves. Mm-hmm. Uh, you had religious leaders that were like whitewashed tombs. Outwardly, they looked great. Inwardly, they were dead man's bones. You had idol worship that was just rampant. Does it sound like any place we know and any time we know. I mean, this is, this is America now. You have churches that their leaders look Outwardly, they look great, and inwardly, they're, they're just corrupt. You've got uh, the temple or the, the church buildings that are supposed to be a place to congregate, to, to worship God, and to pray, and yet they've turn, turned into a business, like you said. It's about the money and about how many people you can get. Um, idol worshiping, rampant, all throughout. You know? So in, in many ways, the, the situation then is the same as the situation here, and the response then was, hey, repent. Mm-hmm. The kingdom of ha- heaven is at hand. Yeah. This is the response. If, if we're looking at it as a church, well, how are we supposed to respond to the riots? How are we supposed to respond to a black man being okay. killed by cops? Right. How do we respond? We respond by, re- by us repenting and being holy so that way our light will shine bright. Yeah, well, it, absolutely. It is the gospel of Jesus Christ that's going to change. Not, listen, rioting isn't going to do it. You know, and, and you look at this and... Um, I also, in Minnesota, uh, Larry Elder had this posted today. You may have seen it. Um, the four policemen in Minneapolis, you have the white cop, there was an Asian cop, there was a black cop, and there was a Hispanic cop. Those were the four cops. Three of them were bystanding, and then the one. And it turned into this, and it, so you look, you go, wait a minute, there's something else going on here. And again, what's so strange, Tim, is, you and I are going to get written up all over the internet for, for just having this conversation. Right. But you point out the facts, and you're like, something is, is very amiss with all of this. And then uh, there's this. This was on Fox News uh, over the weekend. There's a quote. As public health advocates, we do not condemn, you, you saw these? We do not condemn these gatherings as risky for COVID-19 transmission. So that's the protests that in many places have turned into riots. Uh, this should not be confused with the permissive stance on all gatherings, particularly protests against stay-at-home orders. So I read this. To me, so what they're saying is, you won't catch COVID-19 if you're protesting or looting. But if you are protesting the stay-at-home orders, you go to church, you will catch COVID-19. That's the way that translates. Right. And you're going, so this to me is insanity. God said in Romans chapter 1, professing the wise, I'll show them to be fools. So when I look at the different things that are taking place, Tim, it seems to me we've, we are really, um, you know the passage well, we've talked about it before a few times, 2 Thessalonians mm. chapter 2, right. the strong delusion because they would not receive the love of the truth. God says, I will send them strong delusion in that day. It looks to me like um, we have really entered into this massive delusion. And it is amazing that people can't see uh, the, that, look, you, these things, their, their own thought process doesn't make any sense. Um, Jesus said the first sign uh, to watch for is that of deception. Beware that nobody deceives you. For many will come in my name, or, or many will say this is the way to go. That's what we're hearing now. Many are saying this is the way to go, right? Uh, the social justice warriors. Um, so deceit. Uh, Satan is the liar. He's uh, the deceiver. Um, we have delusion. We have lawlessness. Jesus said lawlessness will abound. Jesus, talking of the Antichrist, said he's the man of lawlessness. So we have these 
various things that are transpiring and we look at where we are satan's also the author of confusion would you say confusion is right what's happening too oh yeah i mean all all across the board from what gender am i to how far away do i have to stand from somebody to should we just open up the target and let everybody destroy it um it's confusing when you turn on the news and you start looking at everything that's going on you can't help but to see that satan's got his fingerprint all over the confusion that's going on and at the same time god is still in control and allowing these things to take place to wake up the church and it's it's cool because i've watched this over the last few months i've watched where immediately you had uh certain spiritual leaders taking one stance and they were hard and and, and not and they were totally immovable at first and over time as as that shaking has continued i've seen pastors change their tune yeah. i've seen where they started off with a spirit of fear that that spirit of fear is gone and now they're they're back to this understanding of god is in control god is doing something and they're starting to to take a little bit more risk and and start to get out there and, and be a little stronger in their leadership yeah uh, you know when you look back at uh in second chronicles with hezekiah when chapter 29 30 and 31 this this is really encouraging for me i went over that last week jd you know jd frog yeah. from over in hawaii he gone over the same passage last sunday oh, really? unknown to each other and that was me just connecting with him online afterwards was cool but um where hezekiah goes to the priests you're, i think you're familiar with that passage goes to the priest he tells the priest look reopen the temple doors get back to the work of ministry send out messengers to all of Judea and Israel and tell them to get back to the temple and worship. And the messengers went out. They were mocked and laughed at. But some of them began to respond. And some of the priests did. They started to say, you know what? They weren't the, they weren't worth the first men that responded, but some of them started to. So the nation of Israel started to come back. And it's kind of like what you're describing is you, you were the one I knew that was the front um and then that was inspiring to me also and we came like a week later to start following that um and then uh then jack with his letter and these churches in california but and then now there's more that are starting to happen right. but hopefully there will be a lot more um uh, we need to get back in, in the, we need to be in the word we need to collectively worship the lord like you said right. it's together right and in moving forward together uh in in this work of the Lord. I have a couple of questions that have come in. I actually have several. And I want to remind everybody out there, you can continue to send your questions in. One of them is, do you believe that there's going to be a, um, uh, a uh, large, a massive awakening before the rapture takes place? Um. <laughs> I've had a lot of people ask me that, and I've been praying through that, and I, I can tell you, I feel like something big is coming up. I've been praying, you know, in my prayer time, God continues to show me there's, there's something large coming up, and um, a lot of the people I start talking to about this have been telling me the same thing, that they feel like something's being birthed, and I, I can see that God is doing a work of separating out like we, we know that god's god reaches out of eternity and he starts a work of separation he's going to separate the wheat from the tares the the sheep from the goats and i i can see that god is doing that he's begun that work he's he, you can already see it it's almost as if 
you start talking to somebody in the first few seconds, you know, like this person's on point. This person knows that God is moving. And I believe we're going to see something happen. Um, I think we're going to see it after the elections personally, but I think we're going to see something happen. Do you care to guess what's going to happen in the elections? Presidential elections. <laughs> oh, oh, gosh. Um, we can skip that. <laughs> I would like to say that, that, I, that Trump is going to be able to stay in there for the next four years. Uh, I do know this. If he does, it's not because the people on the radical left didn't try. Because I, I think that the riots that we're seeing right now is one step that was the step after COVID. And I think we're going to have another step and another step and another step yeah. all the way through the elections. I don't think this yeah. is over by a long shot. I don't, I don't think we're getting back yeah. to getting back to normal. Um, and I think right, right now, at least for the rest of this year, the new normal, yeah. everybody wants to talk about new normal. I think the new normal is a progression and it's just going to continue to ramp up all the way through the elections. I do too. I think uh, this is the new normal that we've entered. Uh, one of my friends from Minnesota, uh, we were texting and I said, he asked me how things were, and I said, they're a lot better here in California than they are in Minneapolis. He's in Minneapolis. And I said, um, they're, they're having a real rough go of it, of it there. But I said, um, you know, I really, you've got to wonder what's next. Is it going to be space invaders? You know, you start looking, you know, this thing hasn't stopped. Now, here's the thing. After the election, Trump is still not Jesus. So when we look at it, Right. And we go, you know, I know it's still coming. A rapture is still coming. A tribulation is still coming. An antichrist is still coming. The new world order is going to be formed. Uh, we, can, we can see how things are going to be developed. When I look at my Bible, what I hope is you're, what, is you're right. You're, you're, you're experience, you, you believe God is showing you something, some of your friends. I hope you're right. I hope there's a, a massive awakening. Um, you mentioned that to me about a week ago, I think. And I'm okay i hope you're right but when i read my bible the the church of the last days is an apostate church right um, they deny the power thereof have a form of spiritualism but have gotten away from the truth um, jesus says when i return will i even find faith you know so the the last days uh, belief in christ seems to be really waning at that time but yeah there may be that may be speaking on into the tribulation period too so leave that i'm hoping you're right i hope there's a great mass awakening there's a lot of people that are close to me that i still hope get saved as is yeah. with you as is with our audience at the same time uh that are uh, that are watching at home um okay i have more questions that are coming in but before we get to that uh, i want to ask you this we are letting prisoners out of prison when i say we not you and me but our governments are they're letting prisoners out of prison some of these prisoners have done some really bad things and now we are hearing a call to defund police departments los angeles um, which would affect you and i we're not in los angeles but we're not far from it um, minneapolis is another one and a lot of other uh, states have their cities like that so you let prisoners out and then you defund the police department okay work this out for us i mean i know what i've worked out in my mind as i progress like you what is this going to look like a week six months from now if they're defunded what is actually going to happen i've got all kinds of scenarios of what's going to happen yeah your thoughts yeah well you know look at the county that you and i are in uh, of course we have a christian sheriff here 
doing an incredible job, Chad Bianco, um, and he's got push after push after push to do just that. You know, defund the, the sheriff's department, let all the prisoners out of jail. Um, he's had an unequivocal no on, on every single one of these. And we just saw yesterday a whole new round of petitions going on that are going to be put to our county supervisors to do that same exact thing. Yeah. And, and I, I just doubt with, with the current supervisors we have, they, most of them are pretty level-headed, and um, I just don't see them pushing for that, and I definitely know that Chad Bianco wouldn't do that. He, um, he was on my program the other night, and he said, you know, there's always somebody that, that literally on the radical left, here's what we have. We have people that don't want police officers at all. They don't want jail at all. They want no consequences to sin. This is lawlessness, and we know biblically that lawlessness is going to abound, and the love of many is going to grow cold. And you can see what's going on right now. These riots, these, these response to this issue, this is not a response of love. This is, when, this is when the love of many has grown cold. This is what we get. And so if they're successful to continue what they're doing, because they've already begun this process, and some of them have capitulated in defunding certain amounts to the tune of $150 million out in uh, Southern California here, um, they continue to do that. What's going to happen is you're going to have the morale on these sheriff's departments, on these police departments, the morale is going to go straight down. If people come to work every day wondering if they're going to have a job, they come to work every day wondering if their pay is going to get cut, mm -hmm. morale is going to go down. Uh, you come to work every day wondering if everybody hates you or they want to shoot you or want to spit in your sandwich. I mean, this is not a good time, uh, not a fun time to be a yeah. police officer. So morale is going to go down. Their desire to do their job and to do it well, the desire is going to go down. It's, it's going to... Yeah. It's going to fuel the mob that thinks, hey, I can just right. go out and do whatever I want. And you're going to see a continued rise of lawlessness. And people are going to start taking things into their own hands. Mm -hmm. you know, we've yeah. seen that in, in Ukaipa here in Southern California where Antifa showed up and there were fights. And, of course, the, the citizens of Ukaipa won because the citizens are going to rally with each other. And you're going to see that type of stuff yeah. on the rise. Yeah. It started happening here in the valley that I'm in. Uh, last Sunday night after we finished this program, but citizens stepped in. The, the police showed up and forced same sheriff mm -hmm. uh, under Chad Bianco. But um, so citizens are going to need to. Uh, it, and that concerns me also because here's another question that came in. This is this. Here's my question. How can we as Christians look at this lawlessness and not be angry? I'm not the angry type, and I know God calls us to love people, but it's been tough. In other words, look, I'm ready to blow, you know, because people are fed up with it. And I look at the police. Um, I have many friends that have been policemen over the years, as you. And I was talking with one not too long ago, and he just retired from same sheriff's department, uh, moved out of state. And he's, he was so tired of it because he said, the way the laws are now, you arrest a person that's really a bad person. And you write up this long report, and they're back on the streets the next day. And you, so even when you arrest them, you can't even do anything. So this adds to that level. Not only, it strikes me, as not only can you arrest somebody, and then they're back on the streets, but now they can beat you up. If you fight back, you're going to be in trouble. Right. If you, I mean, it's like you look at it and you go, wait a minute, I can't even protect myself without getting in trouble, and we're just supposed to let lawlessness abound. I also think of this, Tim, when you, you think of the community that I live in is, you know, it's, it's a outskirts, you know, it's, right. it's got that small town feel that you would have in the Midwest or something like that. 
people were flooding out of Los Angeles to flee some of these things. I mean, I might, I mean it, it might sound crazy, but I view that as starting to take place where people will be fleeing because they're going to say, man. Fleeing to the desert? Fleeing into the desert, yeah. just even here in the States. And uh, there's been, you know, California's had a lot of people that have left here and gone to other states. I imagine these things happen, people are going to be going, you know what? I think there's been a, been ex- a big exodus so far. Very concerning about the direction that this will go. It's not rocket science to me. It's like you just look at this, you do this and you do that, and then uh, you're, you're going to have a problem. This is what Ecclesiastes says. You probably know this first. Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 11. Because the, I know you know this. Because the sentence against an evil work is not executed speedily, therefore the heart of the sons of men is fully set in them to do evil. So now you've told the prisoners you're going to let them out, when you, and they did let them out, and now you tell people you can do all the bad stuff you want, we're going to make sure the police don't do anything about it. So what happens to the grandmother who's living by herself and needs to call for police? Well, the police can't be there because you're just on your own, and this is exactly what Ecclesiastes says. The evil in men will run rampant. Right. So like you said, lawlessness is abounding now. It's about ready, it's pierced to me. It's about ready to take off through the roof. Oh, yeah, for sure. We, well, we see it. We see it in our society. Um, and what we're seeing is, whoever asked ask this question, we're seeing a rise of very well-meaning Christian people, followers of Christ, and they're angry. And they're, oh, well, how, well, how else should I respond? And, and I just go back to what I said earlier. How else do we respond? We repent. You know, we be as holy as we possibly can be. We let our light shine as bright as it possibly can shine. And we let God be God. We let Him take care of this. There is a righteous anger against the things that are going on, but we have to remember that, that there is an end to these things, and it doesn't end well for a lot of these people. And that should break our hearts, because God is not willing that any would perish but that all of us would come to everlasting life. And so when we see these things happen, we have to, at least for me, it's really easy for me to look back and remember who I was before Christ got a hold of my life. Um, I, I was just a desperately wicked person headed straight for hell. And thank God he reached out of eternity and grabbed me and changed my life. But I remember what it was like to be without God, and, and it was miserable. And so I feel bad. I feel bad for the people that are doing this stuff. They're being held captive by Satan to do his will. How horrible for them. Yeah. There's deceivers and then those who are being deceived. But the Bible also tells us uh, in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3 uh, that speaking in the last days perilous times will come. And one of the signs of the perilous times is that people have a form of godliness or be churchgoers, but denying the power thereof. And they're going to be led astray uh, gullible people are going to be led astray by these deceivers because they're going to want to believe these things, they're going to fall for them, but there's deception. And that is what the Bible teaches. Also, a time of doctrine of demons. Right. And uh, the doctrine of demons, you know, it's not like people are going to be in the pulpits and they're going to have horns sticking out of their heads. Right. It's going to be just like it was with very Satan, attractive. In the, Satan in the Garden of Eden. Be very attractive. Mm-hmm. This seems like the right way. Okay, there's another question that came in. This goes along the lines with what you're saying. Uh, Pastor Tom, I read an article about the U.S. getting together for uh, President Trump like Europe did with the Yellow Vest Conservative uh, protest movement. What do you and Tim think about this? I don't know if you saw the Yellow mm-hmm. Vest over the last few years over in Europe. That's what you're saying. It's the citizens rising up. 
Um, I think it's a very real probability, especially if police departments are defunded. In right. The, yeah. And, and just hearing the words of our president, he was very deliberate, I think, to remind us that we have a Second Amendment. Yeah. And I think that spoke volumes to a lot of Americans. And, um, you know, I don't know. I'm sure your audience right now, we have a lot of people from a big spectrum of, of different beliefs in, in how a government's supposed to run and how we as Americans should defend ourselves. But, um, you know, we live in a nation that gives us that Second Amendment and that right to, to keep and bear arms. And, um, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who wished they would have exercised that right, I'm sure. As, as yeah. this continues, you know, the, you, well, like I said, we've already seen it. We've seen people standing out of their own businesses ready to, to defend their livelihood. Yeah. Uh, this uh, was from Candace Owens today. Um, I want you to comment on this. Uh, let me pull it up here. It might take me a second. I'll find it here. Here we go. Okay. Candace Owens. Uh, many of you probably know who Candace Owens is, commentator, uh, political commentator. Brilliant, brilliant young lady. Uh, unbelievably, she writes this. Uh, after raising $205,000 in eight hours, GoFundMe suspended my campaign to raise money for the Parkside Cafe in Alabama. At their discretion, they deemed that raising funds to help save a conservative cafe that was being boycotted by a leftist mob constituted intolerance. So this cafe... Being, I mean, you think about this, being boycotted, they have no money, Right. got to raise money for them. Many of you gave to this campaign and GoFundMe have stipulated that they will still give the funds raised thus far uh, to the cafe, which is a major win, but I'm absolutely floored that they saw so many patriots coming together to break a fundraising record and they stopped the campaign dead in its tracks. Meanwhile, they continue to allow funds to be raised to bail the very people that are looting and destroying these small businesses out of jail. This honestly breaks my heart. Once again, conservatives and Trump supporters must adapt to a world that tells us that our very existence is unacceptable, that our ideas, thoughts, and now even our charitable efforts are unacceptable, that threatening, boycotting, and canceling us is somehow uh, permissible. The mob wants me to give up. And... Uh, uh, and since my video this week reached 100 million people worldwide, I've had to deal with hundreds of anonymous death threats and so forth. Uh, we both know who Candace Owens is, but speaking up, we can only imagine that because we know what we get just from doing this. And, and listen, this isn't a political show. It sounds like it tonight because you look at how things have crossed and we got to stand up for righteousness. Yeah. And, and, and uh, I look at this with Candace Owens and we, we keep hearing more and more about censorship. Right. So now it's GoFundMe censoring. You know, you look at this, well, wait a minute, I thought it was just YouTube and, and uh, uh, Google that was censoring, but no. Right, you know, and you look at what Candace is saying. So Candace comes out with her, her uh, response to this whole George Floyd incident, and her response was met with a lot of threats. You know, people that, that want her dead for just having an opinion. And, and that's how serious has become. That we live in a time, the Bible told us, that they would call what is good evil and evil good. That's the time we're living in when, when people would want to raise funds to help a, a business. And what, I mean, what a noble thing to do. These people are hurting, they need help, let's help them. And no, no, that's, that's bad. You can't do that. And we look at what's happening right now with, 
with all of the censorship, like you said, and I, I hope that your audience is listening to this right now because it is so important for us to understand what is going on. You can't have an opinion unless it's our opinion. You can't have a voice unless it's the voice we want you to have. You can't express anything unless it fits our narrative. That's exactly what's going on with all of these companies, GoFundMe, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook. They're all doing the same thing. And in the very moment that they're doing that, what we're being told is, don't do church in church. Mm -hmm. Just do it online. Yeah. It just do it all online, and if you do it all online, everything will be good, and except for we can shut your online down anytime we disagree with it. They, yes, they can, <laughs> and yes, they are doing that. Right. So, you know, I, I look at this, I, I also am troubled by this, Tim, is um, we both opened our churches early. You, like I said, a week before me. Um, we opened our churches early. We got a lot of heat, mainly from other Christians right? Even pastors. Mm -hmm. um, and now we're getting from these same groups saying, well, we need to be involved in going out and protesting. And it's just so confusing to yeah. me. Um, uh, and, yeah, looking at this, and then we have this question just came in. Okay, this is on, um, we've, we've seen this, maybe you and I probably might not be the best to comment on it, um, but it is people what are your thoughts in all the people that are kneeling before these groups? Mm. Oh, I've got and a lot even, to say about that. And even kissing <laughs> the boots of in, yeah. in these groups, of yeah. kissing the feet of yeah. these people. Yeah, oh my goodness, I have so much to say about that. Um, but first of all, Philippians chapter 2. We, we, we know this. Uh, first of all, I'll tell you this. There, there is only one person that this knee bows to. And that is the Lord Jesus Amen. Christ, period. Uh, everybody's going to do it at some point. Philippians chapter 2, we know that, that at the name of Jesus Christ, every knee will bow, every tongue's going to confess that Jesus Christ is God to the glory of God the Father, right? He is Lord, period, uh, the end. And everybody's going to do it at some point. Thank God we all have the ability, the, the faith to do it now. Oh my gosh, so incredible. But, but my knee bows to Jesus and Jesus only. And especially as a pastor, especially as people that are looking to me, looking to you for that spiritual leadership. Like I said earlier, the response, the Christian response to what's going right now is holiness. The Christian response is repentance. That's the Christian response. So pastors that are out with their churches closed and they're out there kneeling down, and let's face it, kneeling is a sign of submission. I, you know, I submit to God. And that's where we have to find the, the, this leadership from pastors. Um, I, I say shame on them. Mm -hmm. Shame on them for leading their congregation like that. Mm -hmm. They should be leading their congregation to repentance. Mm -hmm. Amen. Okay, so uh, we're out of time, but I'm going to ask you a couple more questions. All okay, right? let's do it. So you just fired up another group of people that hate you. Mm -hmm. So you and I will read the blogs. We'll, we'll be loaded up by the morning. How do you respond to the negative side? Because there's a lot more of it that comes now than there was six months ago. Mm -hmm. I just ban them from social <laughs> media. Then I don't know. Um, you know, it's it's difficult. I would say the the hardest part of that the negative response is uh, for my wife and my children. Yeah. That's the hardest part because yeah. they see this stuff and uh, and they know who I am and they, they see me at home and they know I'm a piece of work. You know, they I'm not saying I'm perfect. I'm, I've got all my own issues as well, you know, and I need to repent. And I and that's that's the leadership I need to provide for my family and for my, my church congregation. You know, I need to repent as well. Um, but 
there are things being said that just aren't true. And I always try to remind my, my wife, I try to remind my children this, that God says, blessed are you. Blessed, and I love that. I'm blessed. I've been incredibly blessed lately. When people revile you and persecute you and say all manner of wickedness against you falsely for my name's sake, I'm blessed. You know, and I, I just have to remind the, the, the wife and the children, hey, we're blessed. We're ble-. And the more this happens, the more blessed we are, you know, and so um, we continue to see an increase in, in the amount of naysayers out there. Unfortunately, it's, it's usually from fellow Christians um, that are real quick to, to jump on the bandwagon and, and call me all the, uh, the, the names in the book, but those things are being said falsely, you know. Um, there's plenty to say about me that's true. They, yeah. All they got to do is listen to my messages and <laughs> there's plenty to say people say things about me and i think man if you only knew the real me you, you know um, yeah. praise god for his forgiveness and yes that's, that's really what this is it is the gospel first mm-hmm. it's not about all these other things these other things are major de- de- detractors right at the same time uh does do you think um these things that we're talking about uh, give us any idea of the close proximity of the coming tribulation? Oh, I, I do for sure. Um, I, I'm looking at everything that's going on in the Middle East. Um, the, the fact that, that you have nations that are celebrating the collapse, what they're saying is the collapse mm-hmm. of America. They're celebrating this. And, and if you look at the nations that are involved in that, there's a lot that's being said in Ezekiel 38. Uh, we, we know that, that there are things that, that are going to happen that have yet to happen. Mm-hmm. And, and we're watching everything line up exactly how God said. We're watching all the signs given in Matthew 24. Everything is lining up exactly how God said it would. And I know, and you know, that we're, we're waiting for this day when that ultimate separation, God's separating out the wheat from the tares. There's going to be this ultimate separation the rapture of the church and this is not a scary thing this is actually one thing we comfort one another with yeah. you know yeah. it's to comfort one another uh first uh, thessalonians chapter 4 verse 18 comfort one another first uh, thessalonians chapter 5 verse 11 comfort one another with this teaching that we are not appointed to that wrath the right. wrath of the tribulation period right um is america i know my opinion on this is america in bible prophecy <laughs> Okay. Um, I, I don't believe it is, personally. Um, I, I believe that, that we are going to see a fall of America at some point. Now, that troubles people, but it does. I agree with you. Yeah. And the, the challenge with talking about Bible prophecy and dealing with these things, that, these are real-life things. These are super hot buttons right now mm-hmm. that we talked about tonight. But I've got to look at my Bible. And, and the truth of God's Word is what guides us regardless of going um it keeps us from going to the left it keeps us from going to the right it keeps us on the path knowing jesus is coming again any final words you want to share with everybody yeah (laughs) um definitely when we look at what you just said as far as comforting one another using the word of god to keep us from going too far one way or another um there is a lot that is said about what we're supposed to be watching for and we live in a time right now where a lot of people are off work they're um they're, they're sitting at home. I know many of you are sitting at home going, okay, well, I'd like to go back to work, but I can't. The, my business isn't open yet or whatever. So we have time on our hands, and God told us to watch, watch, watch. I mean, over and over again, all throughout the Word of God, we're told to watch. And I would just encourage everybody that it's not Netflix that we're supposed to be watching. I would say take this time to really dig into God's Word. Take this time to know God and make Him known.
Have you been watching Netflix? Not, not as much as I used to. <laughs> I don't have time for it anymore. There's times where I'm like, I wish I could just yeah. sit down and binge a show right now, but yeah. I, have, I haven't had time. It's crazy how yeah. busy things have become. Yes. Um, but Jesus is coming. Uh, people want to get a hold of you. 412 Church Murrieta. Yes. But also Our Watch, right? right. Ourwatch.com. Our, ourwatchnow.com. Ourwatchnow.com. Yes. And you can find out the various things that Tim's involved in. He also has a YouTube station. I would encourage you to subscribe to his YouTube and share it. Subscribe if you haven't done it yet to this YouTube uh, where you're watching this or if you're watching this on Facebook. Uh, you also have your live Facebook too. Correct. With your, with your from Our Watch. So right. listen, until next time, uh, God bless you guys. But listen, Tim, Pastor Tim's going to fill in for me two Sundays in a row coming up in the not too distant future. Looking you forward to it. You have some very exciting guests, which I'll probably tell everybody who they're going to be next week. But that's exciting. Thank you very much. Tim, thank Thanks you. for having me on. All right. All right. Thanks for listening and being a part of this week's podcast. Before you go, I'd like to invite you to visit our website, hopeforourtimes.com, and check out the many resources we have to offer. On our website, we have books, DVDs, and daily news articles that will always keep you up to date on the times we're living in. If you'd like to see the video version of this week's podcast, you can find us at Hope For Our Times on YouTube. God bless, and we'll talk to you next time.